So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. Today I'm in Manchester. Um, I'm, I'm delighted to be joined by Indy Pohl, who is one of the co-founders of Oakwell Hampton, who are a specialist IT, digital and tech sales agency with offices in Manchester uh, and currently sitting at 23 heads with uh, some new people joining soon as well. Yeah. So um been looking forward to this, mate. Cool. I think people uh, would definitely be interested to hear about the indie journey, right? The sure. Journey. Um, so, where I always like to start on this uh, podcast is how did indie enter the world of uh, recruitment? Let's start there. <laughs> Bizarrely, really. Um, finished. I went to uni in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Did economics. Um, had all the intentions of trying to be a trader in yeah. London. Um, and then kind of last minute thought, no, I'm a northern boy, I'll stay, <laughs> stay in the north. Um, so where, where did you grow up? <clears throat> I'm from Huddersfield okay. originally. Um, and then, yeah, Lancaster and then, then down into Manchester. But yeah, it was, I never even knew what recruitment was. Really? I, I worked um, packing mops during the summer holidays really? while I was at college and, and uni and stuff. By leader mops for like <laughs> Tempe an hour or something stupid, whatever it was. Um, and the only thing I knew about recruitment was going through a, a high street recruitment agency to mm-hmm. get that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a CV on a job board. Um, so you didn't, you hadn't done sales before? I'd done a bit of sales at uni, like I'd done a, a year in industry, I'd worked in retail, oh, okay. that kind of thing. But I just didn't know what recruitment was at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got a call from the internal recruitment team at S3. Yeah. Um, Parveen, who was the wife of Keith Yeah, yeah, Southern. I met her at uh, yeah. out one of the Pie Hub events. Yeah, yeah. I think she actually told me that story, actually. I don't think it was at that event. Yeah. I did a short talk there, and she said, yeah, she, she mentioned, yeah, okay. So she's representing me to her husband, basically. <laughs> um, That's mental. Yeah, exactly. I was going to get the job, really, wasn't I? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember coming down to Manchester for first interview. I, I know, I literally no idea what it was. Obviously, done my research on it, but yeah. I still wasn't sure. No perception of recruitment? No, just, just like candidates as clients how do you put them together where yeah, do you get the jobs yeah, yeah. no nothing like that but I just there was a massive buzz when I remember walking onto the floor and I was like that's, that's cool yeah it was it seemed like that sort of trader sort of type it was busy yeah really yeah. busy which I'm sure you visualised when you was like economics trader London yeah absolutely yeah and then you know um, 
as I say, quite, it was quite cramped together. Looking back now, you know, it, the office was pretty small, actually. Really? Yeah. When I, when I think back to S3 now, and we, we moved into a much bigger office and, um, you know, you got all these kind of grand memories or whatever. But that office, now looking back, was pretty mm. small and you kind of sat on top of each other and everybody's up on their feet. All, and it was it was cool. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of hooked straight away, to as be soon honest. As you walked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously got that job. And then to, to frame it up then, so... You spent, what, four years? Four, Just five, five years? years, yeah. Five years there. It's a real solid stint for your first, not not very common that, typically mm. in, in recruitment, yeah. right? So just to frame it up for everyone, so spent, yeah, just under five years at S3, and then joined Energize, mm. right? And was there for, what, four and, four a, years. four and a bit years? And then after that, set up, obviously, Oakwell, yeah. and um, this business been going now for four years. Four years, yeah. bang on, yeah. Okay, cool. So very quickly then, so... <laughs> The when I looked on your LinkedIn and stuff, so the sort of typical did you just take the typical route, S3? You sort of climbed up the ranks, yeah, did that, yeah. So, was you a good biller? Um, average to good, really? I, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I, I was one of the best or anything like that. Yeah. I wasn't. Um, did you, con- did you do contracts or perm? perm, perm, software development, really? Yeah, run of the mill C sharp developers, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think consistent, mm. um. You know, I think I could be relied on to to help out with team targets and stuff mm. like that. Definitely, um, I, I believe I'm a better manager than I was a biller. Yeah, I was going to say, did you want management? And that was yeah, from 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 day one, I think naturally um, my skills aligned to that. Really? Um, yeah, I think looking back now, yeah. there's better billers than than I go back to the, the main kind of crux of that office. There's better billers than me, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, Management, I think, is is where my main skills mm. lie. Okay, so. Just two things that I'd be keen to just ask you about the S3 experience. One, so when I moved out to London, when I started working for um, Hook, so this is when I got exposed to this whole sort of S3 brand because yeah. I worked outside of London, didn't know anything about it. So what? how would you describe the environment? Obviously, so many, a lot of um, people, that a lot of people in the recruitment industry, successful people come out of that business. So mm. how would you describe, looking back, that environment and, yeah, how much of an impact do you think it had on your career huge impact massive impact mm. um, and what was it like it's it's so competitive really yeah ultra competitive but you, you we we only used to hire grads mm. right so you had this kind of mentality of of people moving either to a city that they didn't know so their mm. friends were all also new to okay. recruitment and worked in the office so yeah. you end up being mates with everybody yeah um but you're trying to beat each other but then you've got this brand versus brand thing that they, that was big at s3 i think that's changed now mm. um from from speaking to, to to people now but the brand thing was huge right so mm. progressive we were always wanting to beat huxley wanting to beat yeah yeah, 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 okay, yeah. that's what you mean by that um, you worked for progressive progressive yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so it's you kind of like competing with each other on a daily basis yeah. and then suddenly you're you're a team again because you're trying to be offices <laughs> and it was just yeah just and did that encourage you then to not want to be at the bottom of the pack you wanted to strive for the best you wanted to be at the top best of the best you're trying to be yeah mm. it, the weirdest thing is like when you um when in that era anyway you didn't know about anything else outside of yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of s3 why would you want that's to? the crazy thing now i think isn't it like yeah. you can have that like you just know what's with going on within your four walls you yeah that's it it was it that was it and, and they just did it so brilliantly well mm. um 
that you wouldn't want it was almost like you'd failed if you did leave mm. <laughs> that's, that's what it was like honestly yeah um you know kind of it took you this hard to get down sorry it was that difficult kind of getting the job in the first place and yeah. then difficult building your patch and now you're in it and they've got these fantastic holidays you've got these brilliant christmas parties all this kind of stuff mm. you made your mates there honestly it was like right if you leave it's because you failed yeah, um, yeah, yeah and um you know that's not necessarily a positive thing but <laughs> it was it was made that way i think i don't know if that was intentional or what but it worked mm. and um look really really top five years i learned an awful lot and um the sort of final thing on that i think thinking of people um listening maybe working in uh, bigger brands or growing businesses like how and what would you sort of put down to you being able to because as you said really competitive so why 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 do you think indie got the opportunity to progress get the management positions and these types of things as you said maybe wasn't the 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 best biller compared to some of the people around you but why do you think that you managed to get the the go ahead with some of the the progression opportunities i think the, the, it was consistency was key you mm. know you got people who can come in six seven eight deals in a month and then blank for a few months and that yeah. kind of thing where i think the consistency was key there but then as I said, it's it's when you get that opportunity to, to go on team lead to start off with, mm. having you know taking the training training is unbelievable as well, yeah. um, and then putting it into practice. I think having that common sense of ability to just work with people and, mm. and understand people's motivations and things like that. S three was always one of those which we're trying to build here at Oakwell as well. Is mm. that it's meritocracy? How well you do, you go through, and it, and it always felt like that. It never felt like it was there's a ceiling or anything. Mm. Um, Did you proactively seek what you wanted as well? Because I think that's not, people can typically expect like it was just like, given. It was it was so really? clear what you had to do. Really, fair yeah. Really so, so that's a big factor, right? Clear, Straight it being clear. Yeah. yeah, the amount of companies, people you speak to now, where you know when you're interviewing people and they just genuinely don't know what they have to do to get to promoted get the next. next part, just, yeah. That's alien to me. I didn't. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes I sense. couldn't work in that kind of environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so then. Um, Failed and left to energize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went to, so obviously I've um, heard. Obviously, uh, as you know, had have one of your had uh, Jake on the podcast. Yeah. He worked there. Obviously, I, they're they're a quite big brand in Manchester as well, aren't they? Quite renowned. Yeah, growing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so worked there. And then did you again? It was the t did you go there straight as manager or what was the I went was it in typical? to um, grow the IT part of it. Which okay. look, when I got there, the company was was pretty small. I think it was. 15, 16 people, something really? like that, yeah, yeah, in the company. And given that progressive Manchester was like 26 or something like that, yeah. it was strange for me, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, but no, look, you know, a good four years there as well. Um, you know, opened up, I don't know, something like 14, 15 different markets for them, grew the IT side of it and the digital side of it. Um, and so that's, was that, is that what you was really good at when you was working for other people which I'm sure you're doing for yourself now is open up markets building teams yeah um, hiring the right people to mm. do that with you know with you um, and training them the right way and making sure you, you you're taking advantage of the opportunities that are out there. Mm. Um, so that when I left for Energize, it was a good market as well. We just come off the back of the recession, mm. um, so things were picking up really well as well. So it was, I think the great thing about joining a, a small business like that at the time was that um, it was a bit of a blank canvas for me, which mm. was which was really nice actually looking back because um, you know they were trying a few things. I'm coming from a huge S3 background yeah. where I've been kind of 
drilled into what, what you can do, yeah. what works, right? So you have that anyway. So you mm. put all that into practice straight away mm. and then also then put in your own ideas on top of that. Mm. So you know something's going to work, first of all, yeah, and then yeah. you're just adding these little things on top to yeah. see if they work or not. That's and that was the one thing that probably being at S3, you couldn't do. You That, that business is They knew what worked. But it was huge, but they weren't agile. Yeah, you know, um, you could if you wanted to change something, you could change it to in this really small yeah, degree, yeah, but then you have to answer to someone as to why you've done that. Mm. Whereas going to somewhere as there was 15, 16 people when we started, it was you could change anything within a minute. You mm. know, it was it's all on you, which was yeah. great, and you know, we it was a good four years, mate. So started Oakwell with uh, two other two business partners. Started with um, Ben yeah. um, straight away, and then Simon joined after six months. Yeah. Um, just with contractual and, um, covenants and everything. Had you always wanted to do, uh, have, had you always wanted to have your own agency or own business? I toyed with the idea in really? the past. Um, I'd be honest with you, it wasn't, it's never been like kind of, oh, I definitely, definitely want to open my own yeah. business, but it just seemed like the right time. Mm. Um, and it's one of them, I think we were talking before yeah. about sometimes you think, well, now or never. Yeah. Um, and that was, that happened to be the and time. And that, so. what is that? Because you were saying obviously earlier that you, had, you so since starting the business, you've had two children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so crazy. so around the time you decided to start the business, what your your wife was pregnant? No, no, we just got married. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely nuts, really timing wise. <laughs> I started the business sixteen, had a first child in in um, seventeen, and then had my second child last year. Mm. So I've not slept for four years, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. So, um, how did you meet your? So, how did you meet your business partners? Was it through the? Through I hired the them both. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so, did you had? So, how much of a strategy did you guys have? Um, <laughs> we had a strategy. Obviously, look, we yeah. we all we were already doing what what we were what we were going to be doing. Yeah. You know, so it was. Um, can we grow this ourselves? So yeah. first of all, you know, it, the, the time had come to leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when I came to that conclusion, the loyalty factor from Ben and Simon was huge. They said, we want to come, we, we want to be part of it. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Um, and then it was about right doing it in the right way. Mm. So we, we knew what worked again. Mm. Um, and we just set about doing what we know works, first of all, growing it that way. Mm. And then being so always being open enough to, to let different ideas in I think that's why we've grown quite quickly mm. it's we know it works great that's your core and then just let a few different ideas mind. here and there yeah that's interesting how how happy are you that you started with two other people massive really? yeah huge as I said when you when you take your personal life everyone's gonna have different circumstances mm. um, I've had two kids in that time Ben's got married and had a kid in that time mm. Simon's gonna get married now mm. um, it, it, all your personal life changes affect work obviously mm. so when you've got you know, people you trust people, to just yeah. count on. Mm. It's huge. What? So what? Let, let's break it down. And so Oakwell being it's so uh, it's been going for four years now. Mm. How were the first years? What? How was the first year? So was it just was it just you three for the whole year? Or it was, I say it was so me and Ben started it and we'd start. Oh training yeah, and then obviously Feb- Simon joined a bit yeah, later on. Start training in February, trading in February. Sorry, we we hired three people within the first month. Really? Uh, by the end of March. Sorry. Really? Yeah. How come you decided to hire people? Because quite? I, 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 you know, I don't, I hadn't built. Since oh yeah, 2011, built, yeah. Right. So did you get? Did you get back on the phones then? The first no. Month? <laughs> you had to get people to get on the phones. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, look, uh, well, part of that strategy, you know, most people would say, right, you start a business, you got to do everything. You got to get on the phones. You've got Whereas to I thought, right, where's our strengths lie? Right, mm. Ben, brilliant builder, and 
I so did you all did you know each other's strengths like from day dot you know yeah. that? Fair. Yeah, of course. That, that helps, right? Yeah, I think right. sometimes people need to work that out, don't they, or work that out. We, but we knew because we'd worked together for so long. Yeah, anyway. yeah so that makes you know, yeah. hire the right people, train them was my job, get them, you know, performing quickly. Mm. Ben was bringing clients. Remember, we, you know, as a director of my old business, I had six months where I couldn't touch any business that we'd, we'd yeah, worked yeah, with yeah, yeah. over the last six or 12 months or whatever yeah. it was. So, so Ben just had to start opening up Start accounts. from scratch, yeah. Picking up the phone. Absolutely. And was it the, um, so it was obviously, yeah, not the same clients, but a similar sort of market or did you, similar market, did you decide yeah. to niche down in any way or? Tech markets, do what we know, do yeah. what we know is successful, what we're mm. good at. Um, sorry. And then grow from there. Really? Okay. So first year then, just so in terms of like headcount, what did that look like at the end of year one? We quickly? finished headcount wise. I think we were on eight. Eight people. So yeah. Okay. How, um, how did you get three people into the business, mate? to join uh, free chats. <laughs> to, do, do you know what I mean? Because uh, it's a question that I get a lot from people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, Look, you're part of networks and the power hive and things like this. Like, um, obviously businesses really struggle to get past that scale from five people to 10 people to 15 people, et cetera. So yeah, how, how did, you, what was the sale? Look, to look it, it was, that's probably one of the biggest achievements really. <laughs> we had uh, an office which was, tiny i mean really? it, it fit five people eventually we somehow got seven in there um what was the cell sorry what was the cell what the cell was right this is what i've done in the past yeah this is where we're going mm. be be an early entry into that basically mm. um and you look you're not gonna well i'm not saying i'm not gonna but we we hired two people never done recruitment before really yeah and um, one person who'd been working at Rulion, so very different type of recruitment yeah. to what we were doing. And, you know, t all of them did really well. Two of them in particular did fantastically well. Mm -hmm. um, over a hundred grand. Uh, one, of them, one of them hundred grand first year, second. The other guy then did, did 130, 140 really? second year. Yeah, it was, you know, decent, decent um, core that we had to start mm -hmm. with. And then... So, and know, that massively helps me, because that's what that's... People struggled to get yeah. that sort of call, right? And it's perm as well, so you know, yeah. kind of um, cash flow was was quite quick. Um, why know, why do you think that. Why do you think they was able to achieve that in the first year? It it was look, you have to be able to train people, right? And that, well, was, that was you. That, that's not saying like I'm wild. No, no, me. no, but no, but you were saying you know what your strengths are, and your exactly. strengths was to get get the best out of your people. Absolutely, yeah. It was much better for us for me to dedicate my time training, coaching, developing, and yeah. and, and hiring the right people and, and letting them go in the market so we knew it would work than me potentially getting back on the phone and trying to put into practice. I, I just so. think that's really interesting. If you think of a typical small business, especially if you're a solo founder or small business, typically they wouldn't have the luxury of not having to bill yeah. and just focus on their people. Do you get yes. what I mean? So yeah, that, yeah. that's a huge asset. It was huge. Sleepless nights, mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not that it makes it any more easier, but I think that's the fact that you, as one of the founders of the business, you could just focus on, right. Got these three people in the business. Let's make, let's set them up for success. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? No investment either. Mm. Zero. Was that so. purposeful or did you think about it? We, I mean, we, we had savings, a little bit of savings mm. that we put in. How, much, uh, how much runway did you give yourself? I think a lot of people think about that. How Hisham, I'm thinking about starting a recruitment business. How long should I give myself in terms of, yeah, so I don't, I'm not shitting my pants about billing. <laughs> <laughs> um, not long. Really? Not, not as long as... We're taking on three people straight away, right? Yeah. So um, we, we started making placements immediately. Really? That was the big thing. Mm. Um, I think our second month... Yeah, Mar I think it's March or April first year, we did something like twenty five grand ahead. Really? Uh, yeah, four billers. 
just yeah it was just under 100 grand mm. in that month and it was like fair play <laughs> right okay we can do this you know this yeah, gives you that yeah, confidence yeah, 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 and as yeah. i said because it was because it was um permanent payment days seven to 30 days in between there it was it was coming in quickly right yeah. right fantastic and it just it just went from there really okay and then um two um a couple final things on the first year mate one did did you have any sort of plan or strategy to sort of make your recruitment business different yeah what was that everybody to from what i can remember is talking about external candidates and clients and how fantastic you need to be for them of course that's true of course that's true but we the way we recruit in in our industry it really depends on how good your consultants are mm. so everything that we did it was about employee centric first so if you can treat, you hire, you train, you treat, and you keep the right consultants mm. and make them better and better and better internally first, they're gonna then go and do that good job externally. externally yeah. So that was it. What that was we, the main difference. Can we create a culture where people wanna join us and then not leave? Because from there, then developed this, this training program, this progression path that, do you know what, over the first not to 12 months, it's about just getting better. And mm. then we'll see the results after that. Not a lot of companies will give people that amount of time not to days. come good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I got you mean, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, right, we've got three months, we've got six months, we've got 12 months, we know exactly what they have to do in that time. If they're doing that, it's not nothing to shout home about, but if they're doing that, they're progressing, and then you'll see a huge spike from 12 months on. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. And that's really interesting. So, so that was the typical length of period that you were, the mindset was to really invest in these people and give them a try. If they're doing, obviously, the right things in between the activity yeah. and the attitude. And that's, and that's come from the the previous four years at Energize, the previous five years at, at Progressive as well, just everyone that I'd ever managed anyway, going back and analyzing mm. how long it took people to get going, that was it. If, you, if people could hit the milestones that I gave them in that first 12 months, the second 12 months were always going to be pretty big. What were the milestones, mate? Share with us, come on. No, the, look, the first three months is about growing your market. No, there's nothing new here. Mm. But it's about growing your market, hitting certain things, then it's about a little bit of performance, then it's a consistency. Mm. Once you've got that, then you're ready to go simple mm. as that so you know networking first of all mm. making sure that you can rely on certain candidates rely on certain clients start getting some of the rewards for it mm. and then making sure on a monthly basis you're being consistent in everything that you do bang 12 months mm. in so and, but also being cool enough to say look if you're not hitting those it's not going to work out mm. you know what I mean so one thing that when I speak to people let's say like the hive that, yeah. that we're, we're part of they struggle with letting people go Really? They're too late or too early. Okay. So, but because they there's no real parameters in them that they're kind of just going, oh, well, I think they're just on the cusp of doing something well or they let go too mm. quickly or they get on with that person so they want to give them that little bit more time or whatever it is. But as the way we do it here is a little bit black and white. Okay. Um, and we try and not let too much emotion come into that because so then... What? Okay. If, just, you, if you know they hit those parameters, then you... you what, so just to be clear, I think that, that's great just to be clear for everyone listening like what are those parameters <laughs> do you know what I mean because I think that's what people want to hear right it's like okay Indy that, that's that's great really good advice definitely I couldn't agree more because I've had those conversations yeah. when people saying that's a struggle and stuff like that but so you said first three months networking client development yeah, in the market yeah. but what are the just clear parameters where like you know what if this person isn't doing this then yeah, I know that it's probably not going to work out. Yeah, of course. Look at the first three months. I say it's about it. So growing your market first of all, right? Okay. So getting your clients, winning clients, winning jobs, um, head-hunting candidates. Yeah. You know, doing the 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 
central part to the job that yeah. if you can't do, you're not going to be successful in it. Mm -hmm. Then the follow so once that's ticked off, there's certain you know kind of numerical. Um, What's like clock, what, sign terms it. and stuff like that? Sign terms, jobs, meetings, that kind of okay. yeah, that that yeah. intrinsical thing really. And the next three months after that is about finding performance now. So, can, how many offers are you getting in that time? Mm -hmm. How many placements are you making in that time? How many, you know, certain pieces of key performance indicators are you getting in that time? So, how how well are you covering a job? How well are you mm -hmm. getting out one candidate to X amount of places? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the following six months from there mm. is about doing that on a consistent basis. Consistent basis yeah. So, you know, one thing you, what I don't like necessarily is somebody going and going and do five placements in one month and then blanking for the next two. Mm. I'll take the five placements. Of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it, you want to make sure that they know how they're doing it and it's consistent. So the cycles are, you know, kind of three, four mm. week cycles at the absolute latest. Um, so once they're into that routine, it then starts to go, right, okay, I, I know I can do that and I'm comfortable doing that. Now, how do I get the best out of it? And that's mm. where predominantly we've seen it comes to about 10 months, months to 12 months. months yeah. yeah. Okay. Year one then, biggest challenge, would you say? Because it seems like, yeah, like obviously got, there's some people that you got in, they did really well. Business partner, just nailing it from day one. Then you, the other business partner followed you. You said like, you did the same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were, would you say were the biggest challenges year one, would you say, mate? Biggest challenges, um, you know, no one's, none of us had run a business before. Mm. So everything about that, really. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just the stuff you didn't know. Just stuff that, you know, no one really tells you too much about. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, and, and to be honest with you, the first year went really well. Yeah, fair enough. Really well. Um, so, you know, when you hear these horror stories about didn't know how they're going to pay their staff or yeah, didn't know how they're yeah. going to, we didn't have those problems. It was more about the other things in the background that you need to know. Mm. And then actually one of the biggest learning curve, I suppose, rather than a difficulty was that um, I was trying to recreate something that's already been done, i.e. S3. You know, okay. not trying to recreate it to be a thousand person company or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that, but trying to do things in the same way. Whereas, no, you need to just use those experiences and do it in your own way. When, and how did you realize that? Well, you know, there's five of us, six of us, seven of us in a small office and we're all suited and booted. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? In Manchester, all our clients are in London. Like, what? why are we doing that? Yeah. And, and the, what, actually, one of the big things that we do is like once a year, twice a year, whatever, we get all the consultants to tell us what they really think is going on. Are they happy? Are they not? You know, real kind of open conversation. Mm. And one of the first things they said were like, why on earth are we wearing suits? Really? Yeah. And I, it was really difficult for me to let yeah, it go. To let's follow that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the best things we've done. <laughs> and looking back now, you're like, why on earth are we doing that? <laughs> when we do a client meetings, you're at meeting candidates or whatever, because we're based in Manchester predominantly and, and most of our business is, is down south, yeah. um, we know when we're going to be meeting people, right? So mm. <laughs> it's fine. Fair enough, mate. So, um, Year two, mm. let's think about that for a second. So then what, just to sort of frame up then, so end of year two, did you continue to invest, obviously, yeah, focus on your people and then bring some more people on yeah. on the journey? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what did you end up in terms of headcount-wise? trying to think. Well, what actually, what did, you, what did you end up doing billions revenue-wise year one? Year one, um, turnover-wise, uh, yeah. was about 600 grand, mm. something like that. Okay. 
And then what? So then, what, going into year two, what was the plan? Is like, right, guy, actually, like you all looked at each other and was like, you know what, we can do this. Yeah. What's because now I'm sure, yeah, you got a bit more confidence, obviously. Bit of confidence. Um, we'd we'd had a lot of confidence in, I'd you know, say, hiring the right people and, mm. and and them coming good, and then we started to see that that not working as well. You know, really, hiring the wrong hiring, people. Yeah. You know, and that's that's down to us, absolutely, our interview process and stuff like that needed to to evolve. Um, but it was more the same, really? honestly. Yeah, another good year. Good year, um, good growth, both on and on turnover and and size of team. Um, really, our kind of difficulties, if you want, came when we got bigger. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've been as high as twenty seven, twenty eight heads, I think, at one yeah. point, um, and, and and scaled that back a little bit. Um, just because at that stage, I'm sure you've probably seen yeah. different companies. When you get to that stage. You, you need a lot of people performing. You can't really have too many that you're yeah. carrying and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and we moved offices as well, so we were in this absolute what hit in this one. Yeah, so we we were in an off. We were in a building which I'd walked past in Manchester a million times before, never even noticed it. Yeah, never mind. Kind of thought, oh, that's office space. Mm. So we we're in there for two, two, three years, and then we came into this place which you know fits 60 people altogether mm. um 60 65 people so this is going to be our headquarters for quite a while mm. um but with it comes a huge cost to it as well compared yeah, to yeah, where yeah. we were um so it's just that kind of taking that next step mm. um and one of the big things was realizing look you know profitability wise and everything else it's probably not going to be as high as the first couple of years even mm. though the team's slightly bigger mm. and revenue and turnover is higher but our costs have increased as well sure. and not being scared of that you know mm. when it, it's we're not trying to sell a business right now we're not trying to secure investment right now or anything like that it's mm. about you know growing it growing it in the right way enjoying yourself while you're doing it so as long as you know everybody's happy we're growing we, we can we're, we're you know kind of financially cool as well then that's that's the route we've taken mm. um and you know we'll we'll see we'll see it continue to grow i'm sure in the next couple of years um okay mate so just to why don't we just um very quickly just break down the 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 sort of time before you decided to as you said not be scared of investing in a place like this back back in yourselves well actually we are going to grow this is the plan um what so you mentioned there the part some of the challenges were the the hiring piece right mm. I think so many people it, obviously it's just the most ironic thing ever right recruitment business can't come <laughs> out the south, right yeah I'm sure it's an ongoing process ongoing journey of just becoming a bit more slick and as you said just having just getting even more tight with those parameters and knowing definitely you know that person that'd be great or if they won't be but <clears throat> what what were what did what did you sort of change in the maybe interview process or what did you start to include or your sort of non-negotiables when hiring that you think has had an impact on get, making a, a better decision? Because I um, think that's such a common challenge for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, one of the biggest things that we did right from the start was have an all-inclusive culture, yeah? Mm. Um, so one of the, the key things we did was get a larger proportion of people involved in the interview process. Okay. Um, and we've said no to a few people that I probably would have said yes to. Okay, that's interesting. Where you've got some of the so the, mm. the guys and girls out there. Was saying, that like, what, like not some sure. of the billers? Yeah. 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 You know, we you, they can go into an interview situation or a or a drink situation or whatever that may be, and and pick up a few things where the the interviewees let their guard down a little bit, mm. and you know brought that back to my attention or whatever mm. and um you know we've made decisions off the back of that mm. so 
and you know they, we, we've been burnt a couple of times where somebody's come in and you know they're not culturally correct mm. for what we're trying to do mm. and you can see it straight away and you think how have I missed that mm. and it's probably because we're so competency driven at that particular point whereas somebody else could have come in you know not yeah, not yeah, the interview yeah. so, so to speak not yeah. just being reliant on your opinion or you and Ben or the other yeah. guy's opinion when, when you're so small as well it's so important yeah you know yeah I remember when I got the when I went into the recruitment business I went into I think I met four people one of them being the only and the three were billers yeah and that's also yeah okay so then yeah so that that's interesting so you, yeah so other people may see something that you don't yeah obviously that gets a bit difficult though when there's <laughs> yeah absolutely no the other thing with it as well is that you know when like you said how how did you get three people to join a business that hadn't been mm. trading <laughs> right <laughs> so obviously when you go in an interview situation I'm selling it as hard as I can mm. and sometimes that's not right for not the actual right. applicant, right? Yeah. Because they're going to come in and maybe I've sold something that isn't quite exactly as they've envisaged it now. Mm. Whereas when you get some a biller in to, to tell them, we encourage them to say, look, Watson, I'll tell them everything that you need to tell them. You know, what's cool, what's not, what could change, etc. Absolutely honest, yeah. Mm. And then they'll know. You know surprised and, surprised how much of a long way that goes. Huge. In this market. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's back to what you said when, and this has come up a couple of times where, when you're a, wherever you are in your business journey and you are a bit smaller or whatever, you're part of you. Um, a guy that I interviewed recently, Christian, shared this. Like when he was earlier on um, in his business, he was a bit like, I'd be really grateful if they joined me just because of like where you are in the journey. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So there's also an element of you wanting to sell to them as part of like, no, yeah, they've, hopefully they'll join that sort of thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, when we, you know, that first year, I remember interviewing a few people and they're saying they're interviewing here, there, and, yeah, and you're like, like oh. whoa, what are we even doing in this? Kind yeah, of place? yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And then you get them and you're just like, all right. I then, but then I started realizing, am I hiring someone because they were interviewing at X, Y, and Z? Mm. And and it's a kind of a yeah, is that's it, true. Have I kind of gone over and 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 done something because I wanted to beat them, mm. rather than actually wanting this person? Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, you, you know th those kind of lines got confused a little bit at times, mm. um, and we had to again strip that back and make sure you don't yeah, do that yeah, again. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's a minefield, right? It should be really <laughs> easy for recruiters. So for you then, like on the just as we're on this sort of. Um, hiring for your own business tangent, like for you, what are the non-negotiables you look for in recruiters for your business? Obviously, they, I'm sure they're unique to you and your culture, but for you, when you're looking at people for your business, so like what's the model that you've gone from? I'm sure it's a bit of a mix, but do you, do you take on grads, take on mixed. experience, mixed? Yeah. So what, what are the non-negotiables for you when, when hiring for your business? They've got to be congruent. So what I mean by that is what they say, they have to back up. Okay. have to so you know the easiest example is people saying they're money motivated for example and yeah. they've gone through uni gone through college all the rest of it never had a job <laughs> you know what I mean it's just yeah. like what are you talking about there um, I I look for things that either somebody has has you know kind of either done or or, an, or a situation that they've they've found themselves in and they've got out of and in a positive, you know, taking yeah. something and either creating a real positive environment and, and, and impact, or they've found themselves in a bit of a negative situation and, and turned it into a positive. Mm. Um, I, I like people like that who've kind of had to, to grab something, yeah, you know, yeah, by yeah, the scruff yeah. of its neck and turn it around. Mm. Um, and then just somebody who can, who can really kind of explain properly, succinctly what their motivations are mm. and why. A lot of people don't know what that is, do they? They do. If you can dig down enough, mm. 
Because you tell me that you can go and, and talk to somebody and they just don't know why they're why they're there and they don't know why they're working. Yeah, yeah they need to be able to do that. If if they can't, that's what I'm saying. If they mm. can't, if they can't describe it and they can't explain it, then no. And why is that? Why is that important? Because you've got to know what you're aiming towards. Yeah, yeah. This job um, is can be monotonous, can't it? Of course, it can. Yeah. yeah, day in day out, you're doing very very similar things. Mm. Um, you're getting ghosted by a client or a candidate are you getting lied to left right and center sometimes mm. um you have to then remind yourself why you're doing it so mm. if you don't know in the first place you're struggling struggling from the outset yeah and then how much of um how much has it helped you because you you've been quite visible online i feel mm. like i think that's fair to say has that been a conscious thing celebrating success that, that you know, if, if you, you've done that like purposefully, yeah, I not think, in like an egotistical way, but you've consciously you wanted to let people know that the milestones people hitting in your business and things. It's like not that. not for external purposes. What do you mean? It's not if I if I put a LinkedIn post up saying congratulations to X Y Z because they've been promoted, mm. it's for that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like I'm not trying to say look what we've done. Yeah, yeah totally. I totally get it's that. it's for that person. I find that nowadays with a younger. Um, workforce that the the social media element of it mm. is huge. So how much has that helped you? Massively, because I think that people um, happy, you know, they're, they're happy with with that kind of um, that visibility for themselves externally. Yeah, of course. It, it helps an awful so lot. Has it, has it helped you make hires? Has it helped us? Has it, has it helped you make hires for your business? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's the the biggest thing it's done is, as I say, it's it's, it's helped um, the culture here. So mm. people know that they're they're getting rewarded with with really small things. Putting a post up because somebody's been promoted or got been consultant of the month or something is the easiest thing to do in the world, right? Mm. But it shows it's that we way. care. Mm. When I was a, when I was a recruiter, if you, you got consultant, you didn't do consultant of the month. If you got a couple of deals, you get a pat on the back and a and a pint, maybe, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas I think now it's just that it's so competitive, and I think motivations have slightly changed for you know in the in the, in the world that we live in now. Mm. So that kind of Recognize recognition, yeah, that recognition is 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 quite important. I think. Yeah, no, I, I'm just interested just because I think if I look at if I think or obviously I spend a lot of time on um, LinkedIn and if I see you and your business, I think quite I think quite easily I can get a bit of a feel as to what it might be like to work here. Yeah, I just feel like that's obviously helpful when there's how many recruitment businesses in yeah, Manchester look, alone, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it goes back to your initial question, you know, what we do, did we think we could do differently? And then it was it was very um, simple and plain to see that everything's about attracting the right people to work what for us. You look at our website, for example, mm. it's, it's more about us and it's more about people to work for us than it is necessarily for clients and candidates. Now, people might think that's wrong and... I've been told it's wrong by, <laughs> by quite a few people in the marketing world. Um, you know, we are potentially adding things onto that, but you mm. can see that we've gone after it, trying to attract the right people to work for us. And I think if we can get that right internally first and externally, it'll just work and mm. has done so far. So, okay. Um, what, what I'd love to hear from you, mate, is um, a bit about hiring triggers mm -hmm. from a business standpoint. So as, as I said, a lot of people, messaged me or interested in indie how the hell did you go from yeah five people in that sort of not so big room to where you are now right so some people may think that's just impossible for them or not attainable so have you had you have you got better at or have you sort of picked up or noticed it's not gonna be perfect all the time but sort of i don't know making sure that 
you, the people that you do have in your business right now are at a certain point then you go right okay we can get two three more people in now or just just noticing or getting better at when to hire or get new people through the door yeah i think data is huge mm. i think if you if you're not using statistics and data to to do that you, you're going on emotion a little bit and you feel like oh the team might need a bit of an input let's get someone new in or we need to get rid of that person now because we've had a few bad months or whatever mm. I think data's we use Cube19 right alongside yeah, nice. Bullhorn and alongside a few other things Sourcebreakers I'll better mention them in case they ever go on <laughs> um, but Cube's been the one for us which has been so simple mm. so easy to use and tells us exactly where we're at any one time Yeah, and then when we started the business, as I said, it was... When did you invest in that? Uh, Tom Winslade will say three years too late. Um, <laughs> I think it was about a year and a half ago, something like really? that, okay. maybe two years ago now. Um, and so that's had a pretty big impact. That's had an impact, definitely. Um, because, as I said, it, it tells you where you're at. But when we start the business, you, you didn't have data. Yeah. So it was, you know, we hired three people and then the next yeah, person, yeah, next yeah. person on the basis of it, it seems to be going quite well. But Let's you can't, yeah, but yeah, you can't keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, but we now know exactly the cost base, exactly cost per head. We know exactly how much we need to then make profitability wise that, that we know yeah. that data. We know we need to do that on an X, Y, Z basis. Mm -hmm. So that will then trigger the next hire. And then we can do that per team. And we can all do that for each sales manager as well. So each sales manager knows what they have to do performance-wise on a, a three-month yeah, yeah, yeah. basis before that next trigger. What's the tip? Like, that, I think that's, that's, that's exactly why I wanted to ask that. And I guess, again, I know it would change for different markets and stuff, but so you do per man contract, don't you? Yeah. So I know it would change stuff, but rough cost per head that you're, look, like you're looking at getting a team at for you to then consider, right, okay, let's maybe consider getting another person in, what, two people in. We're still quite lean. Yeah. which is good as yeah. a business. Um, so we're, we're, we're kind of looking at a um, revenue of between 10 and 12K mm. per head. Um, and that's over a, a, a period of time if you yeah, if you're that team. Yeah, and that yeah. will then get the trigger. It's not like, oh, they've done 12, they've done 12K of, on average over the last three months. Let's get like, it's over a, a period of yeah, time. Yeah, like for, an av for average, for, sorry, for example's sake, if you've got if one of the, the team leaders, sales managers out there has got, say, a team of four, mm. they're looking to get to around about 50 grand from those four people yeah, yeah, yeah. on three months in a row. Three months in a row. Yeah. And you get the trigger. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and, and as you said, Data can massively help. Data helps because you know if you if what can happen with that if without data your costs can spiral without you knowing. Yeah. Or your cost versus what you're bringing in isn't correct. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah. You've yeah, got, yeah. It just allows. And it gives you more confidence in the whole better yeah. decision making. Yeah, exactly. And they just make better decision making for sure. And have you always had the men? What's been your mentality towards? Have you always had the mentality of like, I'm always hiring, as in like. Are you someone or have been like quite reactive rather than, or have you always been the person in this business that's willing to go for a coffee with someone or what, do you know what I mean? What's yeah. been your mentality to that? Quite planned, but then as I say, because we've got these, you know, the trigger points and, and when we can hire, so to speak, mm. but I'm always open. Because yeah. if, if you've got somebody who's good that comes along, then I think being small is I one of those. I think that's where some people go wrong, isn't it? They just make, can sometimes be a bit more reactive. And when I've sat down with people, they've gone, well, actually, the, my sort of role is well actually I'm, I'm really focused on growing the business so I'm someone that's always sitting down with potential hires and I think the problem relationships being, the problem being um, too planned I suppose is that you're almost saying over this small window is mm. when we're going to hire 
Mm. So you can only get the best at the at the very best. You're only getting the best who's become available that, in that so, window. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So by just being open enough all, uh, all the time, mm. you hope you know you hopefully will come across some really good people. Mm. Um, there's pros and cons again for grads and mm. for experienced people, of course. Yeah, of you course. know, there's no right answer there. I don't think. Mm. But we've had some fantastic experiences with experienced people, mm. and not. <laughs> all right. And as I said, you know, one of the the guys that we we hired initially, um, he wasn't even a grad. He was just a salesperson mm. who worked in a bar, and he he was great for us. Mm. So it's that's just a mad thing about recruitment. Isn't yeah, it? Like, there's no there's no background yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what what did you, wh- how where did you get to in terms of the point as a business for you to decide that you're going to invest in an office that can fit what triple the amount of people that you was at? What how, where did that <laughs> like how was that is that fair like yeah. around about that sort of yeah yeah. So yeah. how how yeah how and why? <laughs> so why why is pretty easy. We sat on top of each other. You you yeah. you could make a cup of tea, wash your hands. And do a phone call probably within like <laughs> two minute radius. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay, um, fair enough. So we needed to move. Yeah. And um, what? And so where was you as a business before you said? You know what? Chaps, like we need to look at a bigger what do you place. Mean? As in, so as a, as a business, where just for everyone listening. So before you went into this place, which can fit 60, 65 people, where was you at a business? So you was at headcount wise. We were at um, eighteen, I think. Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, and, and yeah, I'm assuming then, and, and then what, what have you done revenue-wise that year or anything? Because I'm sure that must have been the big factors for you to go, you know what, let's invest in that. Let's. I think we were just short of two million. Really? Yeah, from, from memory. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a big move, mate, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, because, as I said, the office space itself was was so cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So we're really, really hiking costs up. So your overheads um, were obviously, incre- obviously have increased. Yeah, because we're now smack bang, literally yeah, no, in yeah. the middle of Manchester. When I first came here to meet Jay, I was like, fucking hell, like, it's literally in, yeah. I'm, in I'm in the Arndale Centre pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a bit better than the Arndale Centre. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's Deansgate one side. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in St. Anne's Square. It's, it's pretty expensive. Um, yeah. And it's pretty big. So, yeah it was a big decision mm. but it was one of those where it felt right you know yeah. you walked in you're like okay cool this is the next step and it'll mm. be the next step for a while if you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so um we needed to move that was obvious we were doing well um yeah. and then you know kind of the, the one thing that was really holding us back mm. so that when we first started i was having to do all my interviews in a hotel because yeah. i was a bit like really yeah oh, i was like how am i gonna <laughs> i only had one room so yeah, where yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. anyway right fair um but then as, you, as we progressed into that slightly better, one bigger anyway, should we say, yeah, yeah. office, we had one meeting room as well. But you had to walk past everybody to get into that meeting room. Yeah. So it was just actually putting people off, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it was, it was becoming a necessity to what we were doing performance-wise and what we were portraying social media-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to now kind of back that up a little bit and, and mm. be very, very real in that respect as well. So mm. um, this place came along... Um, with that, yeah, let's go for it. It's times right. Mm, okay, and then and then so you've been in this place for the last yeah, and then that's when you've obviously yeah, grown no. quite a bit. So you now what circa twenty five? You said didn't we? Yeah, around about that. Yeah. Okay, mate. And I mean during during this time, you're building a family. <laughs> yeah, building a family. They kind of dictate really, but yeah. <laughs> How how's that been when you've been trying to build this business, mate? I think I always enjoy talking <clears> about. <throat> Yeah, talking about revenue and all these things, but this is real shit that people got to go through, right? <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah, as you course. said, massive help, business partners. 
Yeah, huge how, help. How have you, as you said, I know you said you didn't sleep, but like, how how have you juggled both? How's that been for you? I'm not really sat back and thought about it because really? I might cry. Um, <laughs> no, look, me obviously my wife's amazing. Um, yeah. You know, she takes a, a 99%, should we say, of, of you know daily duties, should we say? Um, but let's give you an average, like the, today, yeah, right? go on. today. So weirdly, out of the blue, he doesn't do it anymore. My little, my little boy, he's, he's nine months old. Yeah. He's called Ayrton. He wakes up at half one this morning oh, wow. for no reason. <laughs> right normally sleeps all the way through great half one bang up crying for an hour right cool half past two i can't now get back to sleep <laughs> but I'm, I'm i'm moving around loads gonna wake my wife up so i like, go to one of the spare rooms for cool in the spare room can't get that sleep last time i look at my watch it's like quarter to five oh, right quarter to seven no half six my daughter comes running in dad wake up Cool, half six, right? Brilliant. <laughs> so now I'm trying to have my breakfast, and they're both. He's climbing up my leg. He's crawling now. She's like wants to have my breakfast. Yeah. So then you run out trying to get the train, get mm. to work. Works manic, obviously, always is. Yeah. And and then I'm getting a a train back. I'm legging it from here to the train station at five o'clock. So I've got to make the quarter past five because I've got to get back to bedtime, mm. bath time, bedtime, which yeah. is just nuts. Yeah. Um. And then you kind of sit down round about eight yeah. to have something to eat yeah and you might have a bit of a conversation with your wife but then she's absolutely shattered so she's going to bed <laughs> <laughs> and it starts again the next day right fucking hell so yeah that's been going on for four three and a half years now really three years yeah and then how how have you i mean one obviously there's no other option right yeah. the, the, like this do you know what i mean there's no <laughs> other option besides you obviously yeah making it work but how have you some of the things maybe you could share on how how do you think you've ensured that when Indy walks through these doors that you're at the top of your game and because when you're here it's no longer about the children it's, it's about your about the, your people right yeah, yeah yeah so like how have you ensured that you're the best you can obviously you're gonna have good days and bad days but how have you ensured that the top of your game for everyone around you um the partners mm. yeah so um being great as well mm. uh, Ben and Simon as I say Ben's had his his first child <laughs> as well and he's you know he's in similar boat really yeah. um, but also the trust I have ma maximum trust in, in the people we've hired mm. um, so it, it's you obviously got to make decisions and then that data helps yeah. right so you're not using emotion you're not tired one day and you're going to make a, a weird decision or you're not really happy one day because you slept and you make so that's so that, that to you, so what you're saying there mate when you have those things it's very clear if people were cracking on with what they're meant to yeah. and that that makes you a bit more comfortable like yeah because yeah. a lot of people i can imagine when they have their own recruitment business and what they are worried about if they don't have the data they don't have the visibility of oh fuck is, is Jake in the office doing what he's meant to be doing like, <laughs> like you can think that right yeah but you there's you can't hide that no so that help, that's helped yeah exactly it's, but I, tr I trust them yeah trust of but you know we've we've just recently um, launched work from home you know for a couple of days really? a week yeah um, when did you do that not long ago at all a couple of weeks ago why did timing. you um, just felt right really yeah and um, what people have been asking for you for it or did that, where did that come from you, you sorry, felt right but did you pull it out we've, to people we've, we've always been flexible um, you know people need an hour here an hour there yeah, half day yeah. here half there whatever but I think putting it in now it, it just felt right in terms of yeah. um, just the way the workforce is going mm. and again we, you know we want to attract the right people 
yeah. and we've got all the things that you need to be able to track how well somebody's doing, how much they're yeah, working, how much they're not. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter where, where people work from necessarily. Mm. We do try and keep a culture office-wise because I think that's important, especially for juniors yeah. who need to learn, etc. But having, you know, a couple of days flexibility is, is I think, the right way to go. Mm. And then on top of that, we also launched something where um, everybody's a, a part ownership of the business now. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, so how have you structured that? So we we put X amount of percentage of the business away, um, okay. and I've given um, an employee kind of um, mm. scheme in that way. Um, Why have so you done that? Because it kind of goes back to your question a little bit about you know how you've got all these things going on at home. How do you yeah. how do you make sure that you're the best you can possibly at work? Well, I think if people own it, mm. then. Why, you know, why would you want to do a bad job if you own it anyway? Yeah, you know what I mean, so we um, purposefully done that. We've we've launched it. Everyone seemed to be happy, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. um, and you know, let's see how we go from there. But it was something that I, I remember reading or listening to a podcast myself from um, I think it was Simon the Foss. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. And it, that was right early when we first started the business, mm. and. Um, really struck home with me really struck yeah. a chord I was like that's a, that's cool yeah. um, as long as you can tailor it and structure it in the right way yeah. and then you know then we had to see how the business worked we've got the right people have we got the right yeah. culture we, is it working yeah. once that was kind of like yes it is then I was always working on something to try and bring this in. Yeah. Um, and, and how have you exactly structured it? Is that okay for you to share that or like? I'll give you some basics on it, yeah. Because I think the reason why I'm just asking and curious about that is just because I think when when people hear equity, like, I don't know, there's it can be quite a bit of smoke and mirrors, can't there? Yeah. A lot of people like, yeah, okay, indeed, great, but how the fuck does that make me money at the end of the day? Do you know what I mean? And there's there's definitely that cynical. Yeah. So like how, yeah, how have you, uh, yeah, the, what are the basics of how you structure it? How, why, yeah. It's um, got to be in in with us for a year before okay. you um, become a shareholder. Yeah. Um, and it's all about each, well, everybody in the business is, is working in the same way to, to grow the value of the business. Yeah. And to get it to a certain point, mm. at that certain point, they will receive uh, either a bonus mm. um, worth what their, their shares are worth, mm or if there is an exit or if there is some kind of buyout or whatever yeah, yeah, that may yeah, be, yeah, yeah. they also get it then. But it doesn't have to be an exit. Kind of, yeah. Okay, that's, that's I the think that's the, that's the part, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are a bit naive or unsure, like didn't, didn't realise, well, actually, I oh, know I can, I don't really get, I can't really get any of this unless something happens. Yeah, I mean, that's prevalent everywhere in the industry, isn't it? I, yeah. I've, I've been in that situation yeah. myself where it's, it's a bit pointless because you're not in control of it. Yeah. And if if the company never sells or does anything, yeah. it's, it's it's not. So you obviously, um, this is a quick one actually just comes to mind. But um, obviously, you said you know Ryan Adams. Mm. So yeah, obviously did a podcast with him recently, and um, three months or four months, or was it? It might be in July. Um, so he started the business in July, then in October. So he had chair. He was a shareholder in the Consul Partners, mm. and um, they sold the business for like nine or ten million or it might even be more um in october yeah obviously he'd left to start his own business so had zero shares yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> timing mate yeah timing. I know. exactly so Jesus. yeah okay so that's so that's clear so he's yeah. had a similar journey to us hasn't he ryan he's obviously out in america now but yeah. he's had his, his kids and stuff yeah like yeah that, so and so. we spoke about that but that, that's really interesting then so and how and how long ago was this sorry 
that when you um, implemented this or offered this so to people? We've been doing, we've been working on it for six, seven months now, and we, we launched it at the start of the year. Oh wow! And how how have you noticed? Has there been a difference in the sort? Of, I don't know. Have you picked up on anything which has been interesting, or I think just behavioural. Mm. Yeah, I think um, you know. Yeah, I think it's. Just, I don't really know what I would be looking for. Yeah, yeah, on a daily know, but, yeah. basis. But I think certain certain behaviours have definitely changed, and you know, I think people now are also aware that they're they're aiming towards something, mm. and it's look. I think the biggest thing is knowing that once X is hit. It doesn't matter what we sell, don't sell, yeah, whatever yeah, happens, yeah. they're going to get that payout as a bonus, basically. And it's mm. it's structured it's structured really well. If I think if I was a consultant, I'd be well bought into it, which is cool. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's that's definitely wicked, added. Right? That's wicked. I think that's obviously one of the great things about building your own business, right? But you can offer uh, offer things like that to the people that helping you grow this business. Yeah, right, which is really cool. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. One of the biggest. Um, areas of development for me was trying to actually go after and do the, my own ideas mm. rather than as five years of S3 was unbelievable and everything that I know from those guys right but then it's kind of double-edged sword a little bit because you're almost so well versed in doing it that way yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of don't know any and you don't trust yourself mm. a little bit but you can't create something that's already been you can't copy something I don't mm. think because the best version has already yeah. been done and then you start looking at eventually anyway you're looking at things thinking well what's the positives of having a really small business now rather than having that huge business in yeah. the late 2000s when I joined or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and yeah, yeah. it's like being um, being small and being flexible being agile yeah. having your own ideas implementing them and seeing where they go, trusting yourself. Yeah. You know, that's all the things that I've probably learned more so than actually the intricacies of doing the job, which have helped more. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And that's one of the, that, that's really interesting. Yeah. So you could, you find yourself sometimes falling back into knowing what works and yeah, that's interesting. So, um, okay, mate. So let, let's just think about the, the last year for a second. Yeah. So, um, as you said, currently right now, at sort of 25 heads, what what did you do revenue revenue wise last year? Um, turnover was just short of three million. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second. Spoken a lot about people. That's really been your focus and clearly a big part as to what, how you've got to where you are so far. Like how how do you think you've enabled or been able to achieve that growth? Do, do you know what I mean? What are some of the key things there? Um, yeah, good retention. Yeah, I'd say good. Um, you know, good good consultants that we've got. Um, we've got a good client base now. We're, we're, we're trying a lot of different um, methods, if you want, of, of trying to make sure that our client retention is strong and a client, client um, you know, kind of building out the clients that we've already got is strong and, and we're not just continuously going after new stuff all the yeah, time. Um, contract has helped an awful lot. This last year was the, our, all our investment last year went into contract. Really? Yeah, a lot of it as well. Um, to, to, Why'd you to, do that? Because I think where we want to go, we want to get it to a, a 50-50 company, permanent really? contracts, yeah, both in the UK and in, in into Europe. Mm. Um, we've obviously started in Holland now as well, mm. so that's the, the contracts in the UK and, and which IR35 come in play. Yeah. Good decision, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but also Holland, that's where the investment came in, so contract helped an awful lot last year. Um, and just the the as I said earlier on the that, the progression path that we have in place, a huge amount of investment in people in that twelve months, 
couple of years ago is now really paying dividends. Yeah. So um, that's been the biggest thing. How much, how much time or how much do you invest in retaining your people? I don't think many people like focus on that enough. I think you've got to be really honest with yourself. That's, I think that's the key thing, you know, how many, you know, you speak to people all the time now, right? Um, how many people lose an employee and the first thing they say is, well, he's crap anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, was he? Why'd you hire him then? Yeah. Why'd you hire her? And it's, you, I think you've got to own it. You've got to own, own a decision. You've got to own it if it's a mistake mm. and you've got to then understand and, and really look into it and think, well, why has that happened? And if that's one of the key things that we did and we, and we consistently do Always when we lose somebody. Accountability. Absolutely, yeah. Hugely, mm. you know? and, and I think just to sort of run off because I think again that's definitely going to be a challenge for a lot of people. But why do you think you've been able to retain a lot of your good people? Um, we look after. <laughs> you no, know, I, I think we, the recognition part is cool. Yeah, I believe um, we straight through no speed cameras type of progression, so they know what they have to do to get promoted. What's the typical career path that you sort of structure for people out of interest? Look similar to most people. You start off as a junior rookie, you know, go through the consultant paths. So it's consultant, senior consultant, sales manager, business manager, um, managing consultant, director, like, and you've got your principal route as well. So associate yeah. director that way. Um, but they can be quite quick progressions. Is it, is it typically done on what, just billings or is it demonstrating against your values or how have you typically measured that? From, that's one thing that I'm, so yeah look we're, we're kind of normal should we say in terms of you know you've got to build x amount you say that's normal but it might not be <laughs> no i know right. so, so what i'm saying is like i struggle because i said to you early doors you know i was a, a you know an average to good recruiter yeah. um you know but a better manager i believe yeah. and i think more people can go down that route yeah, yeah, yeah but in recruitment it's almost like well you've got to earn your stripes first of all because why would somebody yeah listen to you or yeah. that kind of thing um so at this moment in time, we're very much down the normal route of, yeah, you've got to, you know, the billings is a, is a target, competency is alongside that, other things come into play as well, depending on which company you're working for, right? Mm. Um, but I think the key thing for us is it's quite quick. And I think that's what I've seen as well. Um, again, with a, with a slightly younger millennials or whatever age group we're in now, I don't even know. Um, but quicker progression is, is key, I think. So it's not necessarily, you know, making it easier for them, but having maybe more milestones in place yeah. so they feel like they're progressing. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. That's interesting. And then um, final thing, mate. Again, I may have sort of covered this, but I think, again, you could give some really good insights. How, how do you think you've got the... Um, so you just spoke about keeping your people, but and then maximising people in your business. Hmm. So do you do all the training still or...? Like how how do you think what some of the key because again I think that's where some a lot of people fall short is always thinking about um oh, actually I'd probably get someone new in to do this or someone I get someone new in that could change this like how have you as you said that is first twelve months twelve months really important but then after that how have you maximised and ensured that your people were just the best that they can be and the thing that you've done there yeah the, the consistent training yeah. um, is that the, something that you do or. It both yeah internally I do a lot of it um, we have external trainers as yeah, well yeah. Um, management structure in place mm. so um, that's been an organic growth as well which is cool mm. so you know the managers are, are well versed in how we do things and then yeah, so that, that, helps. that core is in there and then they're putting their own spin on things as yeah, well yeah, which is yeah. good and then 
as I think the biggest thing is that everybody knows what they have to do to get to the next step. Yeah, I know you said that, haven't you? That, and that is key. Yeah, absolutely. The clarity. Really of it. clear and clarity. Yeah, so and then yeah. and then the other things we've talked about. You get the interviewing wrong, well, you're off to a, you're off to a wrong foot in straight away, right? But if you can get that right, you've got the motivations right. You've got then the clarity of how they progress, correct? Then they're joining a business that they want to work for because culturally mm. it works for them. Then they're well invested because potentially in a 12 months time they're going to be owning a small percentage of it. All that has helped us get to where we're at right now. Mm. And we've got an awful long way left to go. So a couple of final things, mate, before we finish. Just on that, what, as you, as you said, started in um, obviously S3 and these sorts of things, like what, what do you think are the sort of real common traits that you've seen and sort of really high performers in your business or in your time now in the last sort of four or so years that may might be slightly different than when it was compared to when you started? Like what are the common traits that you've seen in highly successful billers, people around you? Yeah, I think the, the, the traits when I was a biller was got to work hard, like not that like you don't work yeah, hard yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but it was phone-based. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was really kind of heavy on the phone. Yeah, yeah get out speak to people as much as you possibly can make yeah. things happen that way yeah. and I think the from what I've seen the top billers wise now is that you've really got to be in your network mm. really in it that part of it yeah 100% you know getting out to as many different events as you possibly can yeah. um, using social media to your advantage mm. um, and adding a hell of a lot of value rather than just hiring a person mm. that's that's the key thing I think the difference yeah. I think if I look back I was quite a transactional recruiter happy really? enough to say that yeah. um, but so were hundreds of other people that I knew working for yeah. working alongside me yeah. um, and maybe that was why I didn't do as well as I could have right <laughs> but I think now if I look around certainly my office and look around some of the other off the businesses that I know around Manchester those good billers and, and good performers are really well versed in their markets they really know it um, you know whether clients are bought into but that's the adding value piece it's not just hiring somebody for them they really are contributing to that business okay mate so knowing what you know now anything that you'd say to yourself at the beginning of this Oakwell journey or would you'd say to people that might be early on this journey knowing what you know now trust trust yourself trust yourself yeah I think if you if you've made the decision to go for it you've done it on merit right you've done it for a particular reason you think yeah. you can do it so trust yourself did you seek any help early on like from other people outside nope. of it too that was the second thing I was going to say oh sorry sorry because <laughs> no, I think that's no. come up a lot so I was interested yeah, to I mean the, the the network group the Power Hive has been great for us um, I know look you know Sean runs it he was my old boss Keith runs it he was his old boss so we've known each other a long time anyway but even knowing them I didn't reach out to them yeah it's mad that yeah crazy um, you know and why then, do you think that is why is it like just you wanted to why I don't know. There's so many people just in that same boat. It. You just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did, and you just kind of off you go. And then, as I said, it's just trust yourself. I would say, and use the ideas that you you have in your mind. Definitely yeah, for me, back your ideas. Yeah, rather stuff, than yeah. trying to copy something that's already been done. Yeah. But yeah, if you know people, which invariably everyone that starts an agency knows a lot of people in the yeah. same industry, I seek that help because I don't know if there's a thing where you think, oh, I'm going to give away some ideas and then yeah. they're going to get a competitive advantage on me or something it's like it's ridiculous there's enough for everyone right yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah ask for help definitely mm. and what what are the what are the sort of growth so going into year five now or, mm. or yeah yeah we're four years old yeah what 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 are the growth strategies sort of from what you've learned like anything that like anything you're going to do so, so clearly again really f focusing internally with the different things yeah. that you're offering stuff like that 
but how what yeah how are you planning on scaling or gr- growing the sort of yeah from what you've learned now yeah so um the investment's going to be in the teams that are performing mm. obviously yeah, um we've got those triggers in place that we talked about yeah, as well. yeah. we want to go into europe in you know in a, in a big way um we started off in why do you want to go into europe we started off in amsterdam yeah and it's it's looking like shall we say a very very buoyant market yeah. with some big fees in there mm-hmm. um and are you all in uk predominantly at the moment predominantly yeah both in london and, and the northwest as mm-hmm. well um but yeah that that dutch piece at the moment is looking tasty shall we say yeah. um just the way that we recruit perhaps is 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 well versed to how they like yeah, to do it yeah. so far um, but we've seen some good results and how, there what, what's, what's been the strategy on that just like do, have you got someone that's done it before or is you just sort of task someone that was up for the challenge and just start yeah. to open up a market there so or? talking to people first of all <laughs> that was key um, oh I think getting people's advice yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were so forthcoming in giving that advice as well I think you were speaking to one of them Chris Stringer oh did you speak to him yeah so he's an ex-colleague of mine oh, from, really? from progressive days oh okay yeah. Um, you know, he was. They just do that market, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And he was, he was great. Dan Dor, uh, Moria. Nice. Um, you know, they, oh yeah, because Moria Bond do quite a bit over there. As well, yeah. So yeah. Invel- invaluable advice, early doors. Mm. We moved our top biller onto it. Okay. Um, and as I say, you know, he's he's making a real fist of it at the moment, which is yeah. cool. We want to get more people into there because. Why do you want to do that? Just diversify where you're. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And you know, the UK is great. We, we're doing, we've done really well out of it, but. Um, you do get squeezed on fees. There's loads of yeah. competition, as we all know. Um, and yeah, ultimately, we want to diversify across Europe. Mm. Want to, I do want to look at the States um, at the right time. Yeah. Um, but we still want to keep that core in the UK as well. You know, not going to not going to kind of look and turn that away. Right. Manchester's my home. I'm a Liverpool fan from Huddersfield, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Manchester's my home, yeah, yeah. Wicked, <laughs> um, mate. So look, um, got a couple of questions for you on um, resilience. Because I have an uh, event in line with the podcast coming up, all about resilience and going the distance. But um, before I ask you those, mate, what what are you excited about, mate? What what do you want to shout about? What am I excited yeah, about? What, you what excited? in general in yeah, life? Yeah, just or? in life, business. What what are you excited about? <laughs> what am I excited about? Well, we're hopefully going to win the league first time in thirty years. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Big. Yeah, I'll definitely been shouting about that. I don't get mad I don't get time number one that's a rubbish excuse number two the tickets are ridiculously difficult to come by I went out to watch the kids play Shrewsbury we did that Um, but yeah I'd love to go more simple as that Um, I'm excited about Oakwell mate I'll be honest with you you know I think that we've got a really really good group of people here Mm. and we've got a massive opportunity to take advantage of of a good market still at this moment in time I believe contract is going to be interesting over the next few months definitely but I'm excited about the diversification we've got going on. Um, and there's some, as I said, it's, it's just an exciting time for us as well because mm. you can really feel the, the company is as one, you know, everyone kind of moving in the same direction as well. Good. So I'm excited about that. And obviously from my home life, it's yeah, exciting times exciting. as well. Yeah. So I've got three questions for you. What, what does resilience in recruitment mean to you? Means not giving up, but don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, that's very well put, isn't it? Yeah. I think some people go, yeah, just don't give up and, and just knocking your head against the brick wall all the time. <laughs> I'd yeah. say give up, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, just, like learn, just learn from your mistakes. Mm. And how do you think the importance or need for resilience has changed as the industry's evolved? 
Um, I, I think, you know, like you asked the question, what was different 10, 15 years ago to, to now? And I said the phone base versus being in your network, right? Yeah. The phone thing, resilience was not getting annoyed, not getting pissed off yeah. when people are telling you to get lost. Yeah. Um, and now it's, I think the resilience wise now is more an internal thing where it's about, can I, can I keep going in terms of networking? Can I keep going in terms of, right, I wanted to do three placements this month, I've only done two. It's that, yeah. I think it's a different type of resilience where mm. before it used to be just go again, just go yeah, again, just yeah, go yeah. again. Yeah. And I think this is, and I, I think as well, just the, the, the landscape of the, the social media where we live in as well, it's just comparison, comparison, comparison yeah, with, yeah, people, yeah. With, with something that's not true, right? Mm. So I think that's, that plays a big part in resilience as well. All the way, you know, forget, I'm not talking about Instagram and stuff. I'm, I'm literally talking about LinkedIn mm. where one recruiter says this, well, maybe I should be doing that as well, yeah, or they've yeah. done really well there. Should I move across there? Or yeah. I think that that kind of resilience of just looking internally first of yeah, all and just that. keeping on going. What are you doing? What can people do themselves to instill resilience in their teams? Say that again. What can people do themselves to instill more resilience in their teams? Um, I think break targets down. Nice. Yeah, I think. A lot of everybody has targets, right? Um, as they should do anyway in, in a sales environment. Um, but sometimes I think just you leave the target as the end goal. Yeah. And I think that that's where if yeah, you don't engineer it, break it down. Yeah, absolutely, because that can help with with the resilience side of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you, you're kind of just taking that step. Each, yeah. You know, you're taking it step by step each time. You can celebrate each step if you want to. Yeah. And it, it that I think that would help. Yeah. Mm. Last question. Cool. You can answer this with uh, a sentence, a phrase, just anything that comes to mind, mate. Um, so if Indy could communicate to every single recruiter out there, every single recruitment business owner, they'd listen to you, they'd <laughs> right. take on your advice, okay. implement it tomorrow, what would you say to the people, mate? Look after the staff. Yeah. yeah. Just seriously look after it. It's, it's one of... The mental health is big isn't it at the moment in time it should be big all the time um, we do a really stressful job mm. and across the industry across just you know people not in recruitment we get a really bad ride yeah. and um, I think at our as company owners and, and directors and managers it's, it's our kind of duty to make sure we look after people and yeah 100% love that mate and it's been a pleasure no thank, thank you, you mate. mate cheers Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast it will simply mean that i can reach more people with this podcast you can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash roller thank you again for listening